Welcome to the Academy of Esports Podcast. I am your host, James O'Hagan, and this week I have with me Monica Miller. She is the Director of Ritual Motions Guild. She's also an independent consultant, freelancer, and researcher. Monica, thank you for being a guest today on the Academy of Esports. Happy to be here. Thanks so much, James. Now, uh, there's always, we want to, you know, bring you in here and, and get people asking questions. Real briefly, just before I get into some of the get to know you questions, what is the Ritual Motions Guild? Sure. Yeah. So um, Ritual Motions Guild is our community experience um, and it stands for Gamers United in Live Discussion. So we bring on folks from the esports and gaming industries who have something to say, who want to grab that microphone and talk about an important topic in the industry. We do have a focus on social impact um, uh, subjects like health and wellness, inclusion and diversity, education. So we are uh, pulling in folks from all different areas from content creators to industry professionals to educators like yourself um, who can talk on these different points that while the gaming community does have space for communication and connection, these types of conversations typically aren't addressed. So we have provided a platform for people in the industry, gaming, esports alike to come and chat. And and as you, you correctly said, I was a guest. And yeah. so the tables have turned, Monica. Now I get to interview you. So let's begin. Uh, it, first question, and this is, again, the getting to know you portion. Uh, what is a game, doesn't have to be a video game, that stands out as having been important to you at some point in your life? And why was that a meaningful experience? This one, uh, I'm sure anybody who knows me is going to know exactly what I'm going to say. World of Warcraft was the game for me that stands out um, uh, the first thing in my mind, mostly just because, you know, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. It was really, really hard for me to make friends and, um, you know, do things IRL. So I turned to the games to find my social interaction and World of Warcraft, you know, kind of filled filled that void for me and was and was able to provide me um you know, internet friends and people to talk to and adventures to go on that I couldn't quite do in real life due to some physical barriers. Um, so the game and the gaming community within World of Warcraft was probably one of the most foundational pieces of, of my life and, and why I have continued down this path in seeking career and helping out in the industry. And, and if I may, where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, in a very, very tiny town, um, northeast. Okay, very yeah. good. Uh, it may be totally esoteric, or maybe it's quite traditional, but what is your superpower? What's that thing you do better than most people, and what, or what do you wish you could do? Hmm. Okay, I think I would go with writing on this one, being able to convey thoughts, emotions, feelings in the written word. Um, a lot of times I, I would default to words are hard. They are quite hard, uh, especially uh, verbal communication for me. Um, but I think written the written word is something that um, is extremely powerful. And uh, I guess a superpower that I have in being able to craft stories and news articles, journalism, um, chapters in books. That's something that I can now check off the check off the list. Um, but I would definitely say writing. Writing is hard. And, and I, think <laughs> I, I think I shared with you a story of where I was trying to just get my thoughts down. And I, 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 I sat down with a microphone and dictated an entire chapter of a book and then found out I didn't record it. So I, the pain. <laughs> it is a lot of pain. It'd be like it, for a writer, it's like you just all of a sudden accidentally delete that document that you spent so much time. And then you're like, can you rewrite it? It's like, oof, I don't know if I can. I can try. 
Yeah. <laughs> and okay, third question: What is that one song that when you hear it come on the radio, you're like, "Yes, windows come down, volume goes up." Well, in summer, windows come down. We, we know East Coast winter, Midwest winter. We don't roll the windows down too often in July or, or excuse me, in January. But what is that song? Oh, I got to say, if there if there's one addiction in my life, it's music. There's always music playing, whether I'm working, going to the gym, driving. So I'll, I'll be honest, it is really hard for me to pick one song. Um but I, I will say that I used to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go go to my past here. I used to jam out a lot with my dad in the car to George Thorogood and the Destroyers. Um, one of them is "I'll Change My Style." Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that is a that is quite going into the deep end of the George Thorogood uh, mm-hmm. catalog. There. Mm-hmm. Very nice. <laughs> and uh, now this we're starting to transition into our. Uh, esports portion of this but what's one thing in your field so we're talking about again it could be something you've seen in ritual motions could be something in your experience again you you've you've actually had a, a part in creating a i think as a, a fantastic esports program at a art college in mm-hmm. in philadelphia but what's that one thing in the field that we are in that still surprises people when they first hear about it I think more recently, um, the intrinsic benefits of gaming, uh, you know, people log on to play and they're like, all right, yeah, cool. I'm with my homies. We're going to log on. We're going to play a game. We're going to have some fun. We're going to go to bed and move on with our lives and typically don't think a lot more deeply into it. Um, but I, I'm someone who sees sees the value deeper in the video games where we are learning things on a subconscious and conscious level. And I will tell my friends, they'll ask, what do I do? And, you know, it's a little hard because I don't have a traditional job. So um, I'll explain what I do. And they're like, oh, wow, I never thought about that. And um, I sent off my research chapter to one of my college friends. And he said that I never thought about this, but you're right. These are some things that I learned from games. I had never sat down to think about it. So I think um, the learning opportunities from video games would be my answer. And, you know, for educators who may be watching this as well, too, um, what is maybe one of those life things that you picked up or saw that these kids were developing? Uh, communication skills, being able to talk with one another, being able to communicate um, rapid, quick decisions. Um, so I guess decision making and communication combined into one. Um, you know, you're going to have to call out your whereabouts and tell everybody if you need help or ping on the map if you if you need assistance. So there's a, a lot of different ways you can communicate in the game, depending on what game that you're playing. But mm-hmm. every game that is team based will require some form of communication with your teammates. It kind of forces the play player to um, adapt with that skill and and uh, increase that skill level. So communication, first and foremost, I would say. And it isn't just, hey, let's let's talk. It, it, right. It, it's it's the thing that I think our kids start to realize. And maybe you've seen this as well, is it's what you don't say or how you say things, mm-hmm. too. That's really important because it's, you know, the screaming of do this, do this, do this, whatever that is doesn't always uh, work as good communication in any of this. Is that what you found too? Yeah, that's correct. I I find that, you know, 
when people are like, do this, do that, it, it, it is sometimes easy in the moment to adapt, but sometimes you might be a few, a few pages behind your teammate and you might not know, you know, why should I do this? Why should I do that? So um, I've noticed in the collegiate teams that I've been with that the team leaders will take the players aside and talk to them about, hey, you know, this is the build that you should be having. This is your positioning and how you should be working it out on the, on the field um, and kind of having those talks off screen and off the field, I guess, um, more so than in the game. In the game, it is that fast pace, like, hey, you need to do this, do that, really quick decision making. But it's kind of the before and after the game where people can sit down and really have a collected, calm conversation um, to convey a little bit more detail. And so let's uh, let's transition that too, because I think one of the things that also surprises people, and I know it's something you wanted to talk about, was around the role of physical fitness and play in gaming and, and, and esports. And, and where what is what is your experience as far as, you know, again, incorporating physical activity into something that a lot of people stereotypically say, well, why what what are you talking about? You're playing video games. Why is physical activity important in any of this? Yeah, and I was I was definitely someone who said that when I was younger, um, you know, sitting in front of the screen, playing for hours like this yeah, physical activity is important. I'm doing what I need to do. But, you know, I kept on uh, packing on the pounds and, and feeling uncomfortable. Um, and I finally realized, wow, this is, you know, probably not sustainable in the long term. I went through a major weight loss transformation, um, losing 70 pounds. And through that experience, um, I found the value of physical fitness and adding that into one's daily routine. Um, not only does it make me feel better, make me look better, make me um, you know, more confident, um, but also it was a humbling and challenging experience and could all, almost be uh, compared to a game. You know, I was competing against myself in trying to reach different goals in the in the weight room in terms of how much that I weighed, in terms of how much I could pick up and put down. Um, so I, I definitely think that. It is really important, but it is hard for the individual to realize how important it is until they can personally experience it. Um, I, I find, um, you know, it's like, come on, get up. Go. My mom would always tell me, get up, go for a walk, go outside, do something. I'd be like, nah, don't worry about it. I'll be all right. Um, but I sometimes wish I had made a different decision, you know, back mm -hmm. in that in that time to actually get the fresh air and go out for a walk because it does chemically make you feel better and um can incre increase your win rate actually because you're, you're in a better mood you're not going into that game with any toxicity you're going in there with a clear clear mind and you're able to perform at your best and, and even so um when we were talking about this it's not as you you kind of alluded to it's almost like a game against yourself right yeah. and the the positives are the choices that you make not just for exercise but also what you eat and mm. uh, did you how did you change your diet to reflect your 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 transformal change. Yeah, I would say diet was definitely the hardest. It is it is so difficult to pull away from the packaged foods and the immediate access to prepared foods to changing to cooking and being aware of what you're putting into your body. You know, we'll grab the we'll grab the frozen meals from the shelf cuz they're easy, the frozen fries, the frozen pizzas, grab your Doritos, but seldom do we look at the label and understand what's truly in that food. Um, I started out by becoming aware of what was in the food by using my fitness pal and tracking, you know, what kind of calories does uh, you know, am I 
how many calories am I taking in from three chips of Hoy cookies or um, this whole bag of Doritos that I totally shamelessly ate? Um, what does that look like um, in data, um, in quantifiable data? And um, I started there and started teaching myself what certain foods equaled what macros and what calories. So and when you say that, macros, that's fat, yeah. protein, and carbs, yep. right? Fat, protein, carbs. Yep. Mm-hmm. So just understanding what was in my food and how it was, you know, the, the input and output, um, calories in, calories out, how many of them am I consuming? How many of them am I burning? And just understanding that basic um, concept was the first step. Nothing happened weight loss wise when I changed my diet initially. It was it was a, a whole three or four years of just becoming aware of what mm-hmm. I was consuming. Um, and then the, the change happened after reading a book called uh, Better Than Steroids by Dr. War, uh, Warren Wiley, I believe. Um, it's a really good book that talks about eating timing and how that can play into different things. Um, so I changed my diet to where I was not snacking at night or drinking alcohol at night and um, also not consuming carbs or sugars two hours before going to bed and two hours after waking up just so my body could, um, you know, take in the protein that it needed um, instead of storing the carbohydrates and sugars because I wasn't active in the morning or night. So, And uh, that have you because you excuse me, you've worked with uh, the the collegiate program and, and what's what's the art school in Philadelphia that you work with? Oh, it's in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's called oh. the Pennsylvania College of Art and Design. And yeah. have you incorporated any of these these uh, life lessons that you've learned as part of programming as you've consulted with them on the creation of their program? We have not quite yet. Um, they don't have a traditional athletics department, so it would be a little challenging to intertwine at this time. But it's definitely on on the list of things to discuss. So let's just talk about that really quickly then, um, because, again, a lot of people don't think art college and think esports. Yeah. yeah. They must have a great graphics de- graphic design group, though. I mean, but again, it, it's how how has that been different than, I guess, your experience working with other programs or working or seeing other programs even? Yeah, this this one's a little bit more challenging and different because we have to find a way to tie this into the campus community and curriculum in a way that's impactful. Um, so they have an animation and game art track and major, and we have found a way to combine that. Um, we are working on a makerspace on campus, which is going to be a combination of um, their animation and game art initiatives and also esports. So it's going to be one the first uh, art and design college in the Northeast where you can go learn how to uh, create graphics and do design at an institution and also play the game. So you can learn how to create a game from an artistic perspective and also blow some steam and play. Um, so uh, it's definitely a unique position to be in, but trying to interweave the esports program for its casual and competitive play into academics um, has definitely been the differentiator. And would you say, I mean, obviously the program has started, but did you face any headwinds or people who were like, are you kidding me? Why would we do that here? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There, There's definitely uh, uh, always a little bit of pushback when um, new initiatives are put in anywhere. But definitely one of the things that came forward was, you know, esports. Why are we providing all this um, attention towards esports and not these other organizations? And, um, you know, it's just definitely complicated to, to convey that without seeing the bigger picture of what the institution is trying to do by intertwining the curriculum. 
And, and I think that's where a lot of schools fall down is they say, hey, we're going to have an esports program. Cool. And then they don't tie it into anything other than just the games. And mm-hmm. it's it, I can't imagine being at this fantastic art college. Right. And saying, hey, we're going to have esports and not tie it into the it would seem it would seem counterproductive. It would just seem like, well, why are we doing it? we don't have an athletic department? We don't have an athletic presence. Uh, or sports presence, I guess you could say. It seems so counterintuitive to ignore it. So I, I, I can't imagine why anybody would. Absolutely. And, and another thing that came, that came from it is giving the students real life experience in being able to assist with the development of the program. So our, one of our students developed the jerseys and helped um, massage the logo for the organization, um, you know, social media posts and um you know, just doing design for flyers, for community events. These students are getting tangible real life experience, assisting with the production of this program with their design skills at the same time as well as a student worker. And, and uh, to kind of uh, pivot a little bit, as we're talking about this community or again, other communities you may have worked with, um, you know, it's great that we're talking about art and including art into into this at a, at a very high level. But obviously, we know that there is a, a pandemic, uh, well, not just the pandemic, but I guess a mental health um, issue that's coming pre-pandemic, and then we have an ac- epidemic now. Um, has that been a challenge that you've seen at your school or even in the community in which you live? And, and what does that mean to you professionally or personally? Absolutely. Um, there have definitely been some some students that have needed a little bit of extra TLC and some nudging in the right direction. Um, but in, in the community at large, um, what I'm seeing is just, you know, more and more of a need to offer love, compassion and kindness to everybody around you. Um, it is it is a challenging time for for many right now prior to the pandemic. And and even now, kind of as we come out of it, you know, we're all trying to heal from that traumatic experience in some way. Um, so it is definitely, definitely challenging, but again, I have learned to just lead with that loving compassion, loving kindness, and, you know, understanding, um, that there is more than meets the eye, which is actually the title of one of my, um, publications, uh, a series that I did where I kind of dive into, you know, the theme is there's more than meets the eye. You know, someone might present as put together, happy, you know, take Robin Williams, for example, that he was talked about for quite some time, um, still is. And, you know, presented very happy, presented very, you know, great guy, um, but, you know, unfortunately did take his own life. So, um, you know, there's always more than what you're confronted with when you're meeting somebody. So it's just, you know, I've learned that it's always best to just lead with with kindness. And I, what you're, what you're, what I love what you're saying about that is I know, you know, even Robin Williams and, and when he committed suicide or, or I forgot what the, what the, how we're supposed to say it now, I know there's a, a proper way to say it, but, um, I know that there were a lot of people who looked down on that initially as, as a way of, of, of weakness. And I know that there's been in the education community, the, the hot word a lot is resiliency or worse grit. And, you know, the idea of resiliency is, you know, not just that we've had these traumatic experiences, but the expectation that you should just bounce back, that you should just, yeah. you know, just, just, oh, just take it and move on. It's, it's, you know, it's almost like the Great Depression ingrained that into American society where it was like, well, suck it up, buttercup, because mm-hmm. things aren't good. And then for, shortly after that, World War Two. So um, I think that what you're describing, though, is that that love and compassion, that that honoring that these 
these people, these young people have these things in their lives and they're, they aren't something that should be ignored. They, they can be, we can take people as they are and help them through these times. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then, um, it, it, with all of this though, you must, I mean, you're doing freelance work, you're working for, um, uh, uh, now I'm, I'm going to have to do a cut here and I'll have to come back to it. Ritual, Ritual emotions. Yeah. Thank you. I know it was RM. I'm like, RM, RM. <laughs> So now that you're you're working as a freelancer, you're you're working with Ritual Emotions, um, you're working with this program here. Where do you find balance between the online and the offline world? Because again, you, it seems like Ritual Emotions is putting out quality content on an almost daily basis. I'm a little jealous, not gonna lie. Uh, but how do you find that life balance? It's definitely complicated and something I grapple with every day. Um, I always try to stop myself every day and ask myself, how's Monica doing? How are you doing today? Um, asking myself that question out loud. I'm lucky where, you know, no one, no one's judging me where I live. Uh, you know, I'm by myself here so I can just speak it out to the walls. But um, even if you can ask yourself internally, you know, how am I doing? Um, and, you know, thinking about that and answering that question. Um, one thing that I found, um, it's definitely... Life, life is not something that's always under your control, and it's definitely hard to find find that control and being able to feel like you're in control of your life. Mm. One of the places where I'm able to find that is with time management skills. By the way, something I learned from my many hours of playing World of Warcraft and being able to budget my time for raids and hanging out with friends and so on and so forth. But um, what I do is just a perpetual time audit of how I'm spending my time and what I'm spending it on. I color code my um, color code my calendar on Google. Um, green is for health. Uh, light blue is for fun, and uh, cyan is for work. And I like to take a look at those colors and see, as, as I reflect on week to week, how am I spending my time? Um, I like to make sure that at least a, a third of my time is going to each of those areas. Um, sometimes you do have to, as we're go, going back full circle, suck it up and you know spend more time in different areas. Um, but I do find that having that color coding and being aware of how I'm spending my time is something that has helped me um, stay on track and find balance. I think that's a that's a great life hack. I know that uh, one of the hardest things that we have to do right now, especially working with high school students, is is not just teaching them time management, but simple things like how to use. We think that these kids know how to use email or how to use their Google ca calendar. Right. And I think the what you just described is interesting because uh, part of the programming that we do is about teaching those bounds. Hey, you only have two hours for practice. This is not coming in and just saying, let's see how what the high score we can get or whatever. Yeah, it's coming in with a purpose. So what you're saying is, is you're a much more purpose driven life than than maybe what you had described what the past could have been. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the other thing I noticed, too, today, and, and this made me kind of shudder. Uh, Google Calendar now is telling you on a you can at you if you look at your week at a glance. Okay, it tells you how many hours you are spending in meetings. Oh, and and here's a horrible thing. <laughs> uh, I am I was doing uh, forty uh, out of a forty hour work week, thirty hours this week were meetings. Oof, that that is that is some terrifying data. 
Well, it's it's also the it's also the uh, the time of year when I'm at my most uh, busy. But yes, it is it is one of those things that make you take pause. And again, not realizing that when your life balance is out of whack, uh, even coming home last night, I said, I'm going to play some Hades and I'm only going to play for an hour. Well, two hours later, uh, and I'm like, you know, it'd be like that. Going, yeah, it could be like that. By the way, are you still playing World of Warcraft? I am not. I did come back for a little bit of Shadowlands, but real life called. Uh, so unfortunately not. The only game that I'll, I'll play casually now is uh, League of Legends. I'll hop on for a quick match here or there. But I, I've said I've said this before, and, and, but, um, you know, now that I work in esports and gaming and I'm thinking about esports and gaming all the time, sometimes the last thing I want to do to unwind is play a video game. So I've like I found other hobbies. I started painting. So I'll, I'll do that in between meetings or after work or something like that. Go on walks. But, um, you know, since I've spent so much time in front of the screen working from home, uh, one of the ways that I find balance is, you know, taking that time away and trying to find new hobbies and new interests. Yeah, that yeah. that. And I and I love how you're preaching that 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 balance too uh, in, in this interview as well. So as we start to close up, here's a couple of closing questions for you. As, as part of making experiences for young people better through collaboration, is there an organization or person doing great things in your field that you'd like to us to give a shout out to? Somebody maybe you've interviewed, or somebody who maybe some people have not heard about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I worked briefly with these two gentlemen, um, Alex and Jesse from Looking for Group and Uni Esports. They have uh, created a platform called Looking for Group where you can go on as a student and search for all the different collegiate esports programs out there. It's a database full. I think there is at least uh, 100 schools or more on there at this point. Um, so you can check that out. Looking or It's lfgroup.gg, but they uh, have been doing some really great stuff there and are picking up um, the baton again here so I, I love Alex and Jesse I love the work that they do I, I've met them and uh, for those of you who don't know you can also use lfgroup.gg as a as a you can reverse hack it so let's say you're a school who is looking to introduce your kids to colleges what we started doing last year was seeing what colleges were posted on there and reaching out to them to see if they want to do a scrim because oh. how, how do you get, you know, it, it, I told I told the guys, it's like, this is amazing. They're like, oh, you really like it? I'm like, no, I like it because now we can find these colleges with these platforms and actually get our kids introduced to uh, these schools rather than just the cold call. They're like, hey, we have we need 10 League of Legends players. Can you tell us some kids like or you could play our team and find out if there's kids you like and introduce them to your school. So, yeah, Alex, Alex and Jesse have been fantastic. So um, and as we begin to sign off for this week's episode, what final thoughts do you want to leave the audience with? What do you want to promote? Ooh. What do you want to talk about? Ooh. What do you have coming up here, Monica? Ooh, what do I have coming up? Well, um, uh, OK, there's there's a lot of things. My thoughts would be a little scatterbrained if that's all right. That's perfectly um, fine. I did get notification today from the Women in Games International that I was shortlisted for an award for um, female journalist um, in esports. So that's that's really awesome coming up. Um, I think the voting is opening soon, so um, that that's coming up. Um, Ritual Motions Guild is moving into its second second phase sometime in October, and we have reached uh, almost 2,000 registered members in just four months since launching. So that's really exciting. We're just you know pushing the ball ahead there. But in terms of like a message to send to send the audience of of um, you know uh, trying to. <laughs> 
just trying to live life right now, which is a very, can be a very challenging thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stop, think, ask yourself, how am I doing today? What do I need to uh, satisfy my needs? What is it that would make me feel better at this moment in time? What is it that I can do to, um, you know, change something that's bothering me? You know, don't be afraid to ask yourself some questions um, about how you're doing and what you can do to fix the situation if you are unhappy or dissatisfied um, with whether it's your play style, whether it's something that's going on in real life. But you know, just stop and think and ask yourself some questions and and try to. Try to figure out what's going on because, you know, sometimes there's, you know, oftentimes, most of the time there is a source for, you know, some of the negativity that you're experiencing. And the only person who truly knows the answers to those questions is you. And uh, Monica Miller, the director of Ritual Motions Guild, which, again, the acronym stands for what? Gamers United in Live Discussion. That is fantastic. So, uh, Monica Miller, it's been a pleasure to have you on the Academy of Esports today. Thank you for being a guest. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That will do it for this week on the Academy of Esports. I've been your host, James O'Hagan. Esports are organized competitive video games allowing schools to redefine their athletic culture, diversify opportunities for student participation, promote good physical and mental health, increase collegiate scholarship pathways, and play games. We can never forget the importance of play. The mission of the Academy of Esports is to support these ideals. The vision of the Academy of Esports is for all students to experience the fun and joy of playing competitive video games. You may follow me on Twitter at Jim O'Hagan. That's at J-I-M-O-H-A-G-A-N. And through the Academy of Esports account at T-A-O Esports. It's a great way to get the latest blog posts podcast episodes, and news coming out of esports and education. And remember, you can continue your engagement by going to www.taoesports.com. You can also connect through Facebook at www.facebook.com slash taoesports. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to our time again next week.